I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Oh my goodness me! What a fantastic goal! What a goal! That is absolutely superb! Huge cheers go up around Emirates Stadium. Welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of Monday, the 19th of February 2018. I'm your host, Russell Hargreaves, and coming up on today's podcast, we speak to goalkeeper Matt Macy about having to wait for his first-team chance. Adrian Clark is back as ever at the chalkboard to look ahead to the Carabao Cup final. We kick off by looking back at a rather chilly trip to Ustersons with our Arsenal Insider. Let's hear from another Arsenal insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Well, delighted to say that our Arsenal insider on the show this week is European football expert Nick Ames to look back, first of all, on the first leg of the Europa League last 32 stage tie away to the Swedes, uh, Ostersunds. Nick, good to have you on the show. How are you keeping? Really well, and thank you for having me on. Not a problem at all. Now, you were out in Östersunds a little bit earlier in the season, so you kind of sampled some of the cup run. You've taken it all in, and in the end, uh, a job done, given what they faced, I think, from the Gunners in leg one. Yeah, I think there were two things. Firstly, from an Arsenal perspective, I thought they really turned up and then switched on from the first few minutes. Hasn't always been the case in in games like this, but I thought in this case, they were lucid, they were sharp, and, and they started really well. I think on the flip side, Esterson were were maybe quite tentative, as as we saw conceding two quite quite softer early goals. Really, didn't really show their best face. And when you go a couple of goals down that early on, you're always going to be struggling. And I think they worked their way back into the game fairly well. Had some had a few dangerous moments, as we saw. But I think it came down to yeah, Arsenal, fairly strong side picked, very switched on, very keen to avoid an upset. Um, but Östersund, I, I think, came away kicking themselves slightly at the fact that they, they can play better. I'll tell you what was really good, as you say, it was that tactical acumen early on. And then when Östersund did have a really good spell, at times it was a little bit by hook or by crook, but Arsenal just kept them out, didn't they, as well? And, and the penalty on top right at the end has helped just give that, that balance to the tie a bit more of a, a positive feel for Arsenal. It has, and I, and I mean, Esterson may 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 well feel that that penalty would have just given them a little glimmer of hope going into the into the second leg. But I, I think also that the manner of the way it was taken and saved kind of summed up their performance. It wasn't quite decisive enough. Um, and I think three one three nil 
it's not particularly different scorelines, really. I think Esterson was are still going to need to score three goals at the Emirates now. Um, and it's going to be very, very difficult for them. And they'll go into that second leg with a very positive attitude because it's the only way their manager, Graham Potter, knows. But I got the feeling just listening to him after the game and seeing a few of the comments since, I, I think they're aware of the touch they face and that it's a bit of a free hit now. And we'll talk about this more with Clarky in a few minutes at the chalkboard, but being not there, we don't want to count our chickens, but being very close to hopefully going through to the last 16, it just helps Arsene Wenger with his team selection for the second leg, bearing in mind there's the Carabao Cup final coming on Sunday. It does, and, and that's so important, and I think that's a, one reason why they clearly wanted to, to get the job done in such resounding fashion last week, and, and why Arsenal are, are rightly so happy about that. He'll he'll maybe try a few things. Um, I I I don't think they'll want to completely completely go easy. I think what Potter will say to to Esterson is, look, if we score first, Arsenal have panicked before in in these situations, and then maybe we have a way into the tie. But I think it's still quite a long shot, and um, I'm I'm hoping personally that we we'll see a much better showing from Esterson, and I think we will but I can't see them making too much of a further indent on things. OK, well, let's just hear a little bit uh, of, of the match itself. Nacho Monreal setting Arsenal on their way again. Here's a reminder, our commentary of that key moment in the game. Arsenal taking a quick corner. It's into the air again. Awobi shoots towards goal. He'll get a second chance, maybe. Trying to manoeuvre his way for a shot. Oh, Cater's left it, and it's swept up by Nacho Monreal. This man cannot stop scoring but he was handed it on a plate by the Ostersund goalkeeper and the Arsenal fans that have made the long trip to central Sweden are in rapture because Nacho Monreal has given them the lead. Monreal on target, Nick, and it really is remarkable, his run of goals at the moment. Five goals in, or five contributions to goals in six matches, which is the same as his previous 64 matches. Yeah, he's he's really stepping up when it matters, isn't he? And he's he's just what uh, he's just one of those players, isn't he? Who's it kind of doesn't surprise you because he's so intelligent. And when he's not there, Arsenal miss him at the back for his nous, his positioning, his his reading of the game as well. And sometimes it follows that a defender, if he can read the game well in his own area, can also read it well in the other one. And we and we just see like his goal at Esterson was was nothing world beating. It came after a fumble from a goalkeeper, as I recall. But he was there, he knew when to be, he was sharp, he reacted. And I think sometimes, yeah, from a defender who is so intelligent in his own box, it translates further forward. And he's, he, he's coming up with some vital contributions at the moment. And it's good to see him being recognised as well, because he's, he's one of the quieter men of Arsenal, one of the, the less celebrated names. But what a contributor he has been over the past few years. Reminds me of the show a couple of years ago when we were forced to come with Nacho Monreal chants on the on the show, which uh, just actually was for that very reason, that he was someone who was so understated but so popular and kind of a glue to the team that everybody needs. Um, you mentioned how there'll be one or two changes clearly for the second leg. I just wonder, Matt Mason, we'll hear from him on the show in a bit, the likes of Eddie Nketiah, maybe Joe Willock. There are lads who've contributed a fair bit in this run in the group stage. You may now get second leg opportunities. Yeah, there are, and I um, and I think they would they would perfectly merit it. I think um, I think Arsenal have used the young players really well in this competition so far. Um, I remember being at the Red Star Belgrade away game 
um, in when was that o- October November? Yeah, and seeing Reese Nelson possibly be one of the best footballers on the pitch. So I think Arsene has showed he showed that he can pitch these guys in, and they and they can really produce. I, I think I'd like to see Nelson start actually in the second leg. He he I think came on am I right towards the end of, of, of the first leg, but only had five or six minutes. I think he'd be an obvious change to make. I think he'd quite enjoy the space that I think Esterson do do give you to run into. And also have a chance to start in front of an Emirates Stadium in crowd. And Ketia, another good shout, came on as a late sub. Again, didn't see too much of him, but it seems to me like the kind of game where he could make an impact and at least get half an hour or so. And just finally, Nick, everybody's obviously excited about Sunday in the Carabao Cup final, but we shouldn't in any way forget, should we, the importance of this competition for Arsenal, given their their battles in the Premier League and, and their future goals for Champions League football and so on. This is just a massive, massive competition now, isn't it? It is so, so important. And it goes back to what I said at the start about the way in which Arsenal approached, especially the early stages of that tie. You could tell. You could tell how important it was. I'm, I'm very sure that Arsene and Steve Bold and everyone else have impressed in, in, into the players that this is a competition. They have got a brilliant chance of winning if everyone steps up and stands up and plays as, as they can. And I think you saw that focus in the first leg. And it is, it's so important now. It is, I mean, we can't count out anything in the Premier League, but it is, when you look at things objectively, the best chance of a Champions League spot. And I think if they play as they did last week and they keep that attitude and that focus, it's, it's a really good chance. European football expert Nick Ames joining us on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Very much appreciate your time, mate. Brilliant to have you on and thanks for your thoughts. Thank you. Cheers. Big goalkeeper Matt Macy's had to wait patiently for his chance in our first team, but he's been rewarded with his first team debut this season. We spoke to the young stopper about his journey to the starting eleven. I became a goalkeeper uh, partly for a bit of luck. Um, when I was about 13 years old, uh, our team goalkeeper broke his hand and I just jumped in and uh, it stuck ever since. Uh, my thing also to do with my height, it made sense for me to be the one that jumped in and helped the team. As, as a teenager, I had a fair few trials at my local clubs in Bristol um, and faced a couple of rejections. Um, and it wasn't until I was 15 that uh, I signed professionally with Bristol Rovers. So I wasn't involved in the Premier League Academy when I was younger. Um, so uh, when I got the opportunity at, at 19, I obviously jumped at the chance to receive all the, uh, all the benefits that come with it. When, when I got uh, told I wasn't good enough before the ages of 15, um, it, it knocked my confidence, but I always decided I would just continue, continue working hard and keep, keep um, trying to be as best as I could be. And I, I was happy that if I was good as I could possibly be, but I wasn't good enough to, to be a professional, then I, that I could live with myself. When Arsenal came, came in for me, um, at first I didn't really believe it. Um, I had a fair few options from lots of championship sides um, to take me on trial. So I sort of dismissed Arsenal and didn't think that uh, it, it, would, it would be a realistic option for me. Um, but when I, when I came to the club, I realised that they really wanted me and it gave me confidence. 
um, and, and they saw the potential in me. Uh, so uh, when, when there was a, a firm offer from Arsenal, I obviously jumped to the opportunity to sign. Having a path that wasn't always in a Premier League academy, I, I really do believe that it gives me uh, something a little bit different to most Premier League players. Um, it, it definitely keeps me grounded at all times uh, to understand what life is like outside the, the top level uh, and how difficult it can be to play on, on, on different types of pitches and, and uh, in, front, in front of crowds and different, different types of crowds when they're a lot closer to you on the pitch. Um, so it's an added motivation, um, but I've, I've definitely used that experience when I was younger um, to, to give me an advantage now. Patience is definitely the, uh, the key to my situation at the moment. I, I live by... Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Currently just a motto of just always trying to be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Um, as we know, football injuries can occur at any time. So my focus is to always be ready every single day. Um, and, and it can be difficult for long periods to, to go without games or to go without an opportunity. But I find that football works in funny ways and uh, when you least expect an opportunity to come up, it will come up. So it's important not to let your guard down at any point. My relationship with Petter and David is, is really great. Um, it's an interesting situation because obviously they are my competition, but they're, they're also role models because of what they've done in the game. Um, I really look up to both of them and I've learned in the last three or four years a massive amount from both goalkeepers. So um, obviously they're, they're good friends with me and, and they definitely helped me. So it's an interesting situation. My debut was a massive moment for me. It's something that I've been working towards all my life. Um, 
And when the opportunity came, it was, it was a proud moment for me and my family and everyone who's helped me in the journey. Um, it, was, uh, it, was, it was a good, entertaining finish to the game. Uh, and it was a long night, obviously, with extra time. Um, but in the, in the end, we had a, a fantastic result to go with it. And I couldn't have, been, couldn't have asked for more from my debut. Before the game, I felt uh, I felt pretty calm. I've worked for years for this this opportunity, and and I got to a position before the game where I felt that um, I felt confident, and I felt that everything would go for me because of how worked how hard I've worked year after year for this opportunity. So I believed that the right things would happen for me, and um, luckily they did. The Chalkboard with Adrian Clark. Well, Adrian Clark joins us at the Chalkboard. Clarky, how are you keeping? Yeah, very well, thank you. All good. Nice, uh, nice and refreshed after a weekend off. And a busy man about town today. Not with us. What's going on? Yeah, not not in the building today. No, I'm I'm out doing various media obligations. Uh, so um, it's all good fun. Well, thank you for taking a few minutes out of your hectic schedule for us, my friend. And um, we'll start with our question at the Chalkboard: Your best ever League Cup. Memory, please. Oh, well, a few, there have been a few. I, I would say my best memories of when I was a schoolboy at the club in the late 80s. Arsenal had some terrific runs in the competition. He won it in 87. Um, I will never forget the 1-0 down, 2-1 up semi-final game against Spurs. That was just incredible. Very, very exciting, as was the final when, when Charlie Nicholas got, got a double to beat the famous uh, Liverpool side who were... Uh, we were fairly sort of invincible at that at that period in time. So yeah, that probably those two games stand out. I also remember one game, Arsenal versus Liverpool in the League Cup in 1988. It was a complete sellout, and on the way into the ground behind the North Bank, I got lifted off my feet. I was I was about 12, um, maybe 13. I got lifted off my feet because the crowd was so packed. And I just got taken about 30, 40 yards away from my dad at the time. It was a really scary experience. But it just tell you, but tells you how bristling Highbury was then. It was unbelievable. Um, yeah, it was a goal of straw, I think, in the end. But it's, it's a memory that's really stuck with me. The atmosphere that night was just mad. Wow. And a team you went on to play for many times, which is just a brilliant way to cap that story off. A Adrian, Carabao Cup final 2018 vintage. Of course, this trophy in its various guises is one that Arsene Wenger has never actually won, isn't it? I wonder how much that is a burning ambition for him and therefore one that he'll transmit onto the squad. Well, I'm sure it is, yeah. I mean, if, 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 it, we, if it, I was in that situation, I'd be really, really keen to, to chalk up the first League Cup final victory. I'm sure he'll wish it was against easier opposition. But then again, let Arsenal got to the final a few years ago against Birmingham City, overwhelming favourites. And, and they fluffed their lines, didn't they? So, um, but look, it's, it's one of those, it's a toughie. Arsenal are definitely underdogs, but they were probably underdogs, weren't they, in the FA Cup semi-final last season. And they went on to beat Manchester City. So look, there's, there's no reason for Arsenal Wenger to be be worried about this. It's an opportunity, isn't it, to to break that dark. I, I would suggest the only reason he hasn't won it is because he's he's chosen to, to blood youngsters. It's, it's been a development competition for him down the years. But now that he's in the final, I'm sure I'm sure he will be desperate to win it. And Adrian, 
you think about that FA Cup run, I totally agree with you, where Arsenal were kind of the underdogs against Man City, then of course the final against Chelsea as well, but the fact they can tap into this kind of ability to go into these games a little bit under the radar compared to their illustrious opposition and deliver the goods, that mental fortitude and those memories will hopefully bode well for this one. Well, they're recent memories, aren't they? It's not that long ago. Um, and uh, I think the key to both of those victories was the game plan. Arsene Wenger got it right, didn't he, tactically? He managed to nullify City and Chelsea beneath the arch at Wembley. And, and no, he's got to do it again. I think it'll be tougher this time because Manchester City are playing some unbelievable football. For me, they are the best team on the planet right now. So it would be some scout if Arsenal were to win this game. But look, they can do it. They, we have seen it over and over again in recent years, even though we're frustrated by the, by the blips. There was a blip at Wembley against Spurs the other week. This team is still capable of beating anyone if they bring their A game. And that is the key here. It will have to be Arsenal's best A game for them to stand any chance. So, Clarkey, City with a Monday night uh, match against Wigan in the FA Cup. Arsenal, of course, with the return leg of their Europa League last 32 against Östersunds. I wonder how all of that will play into team selection for the two sides when we come to Sunday. Well, look, I think gonna, both managers will go full strength. So, it, it depends uh, how, how they want to rotate. I would expect Arsenal, given that they've got a 3-0 lead, given that they're now on home turf, it's given Arsene Wenger the licence to, to rest his key players. I wouldn't be risking the big guns in this game. I'm, I'm all for playing your best team as often as possible. But actually, in this example, I do think Arsenal can afford to rest Mesutters or maybe rest Henrik Mkhitaryan. I'd probably give Aubameyang. Oh no, he can't play anyway, so he's going to no. have a rest. So, no. so look, I would I would suggest that that he's got options as for City I think he will he will rotate against Wigan and go absolutely full strength at Wembley and where do you feel then if we do have two full strength teams for who's available going toe to toe where will this game be won and lost oh. for both of the teams well it's so difficult isn't it well, look, City for me are an unbelievable pressing team and no one really talks about it but as soon as they lose the ball they are on uniflash looking to win it back so for me Arsenal it's imperative that Arsenal do not mess around with the ball inside their own half. It's been an ongoing issue this season, unfortunately. They've lost the ball in bad areas. They cannot afford to do that against Manchester City. Obviously, they need to stop Aguero and De Bruyne. I think going forward, I'm looking at Aubameyang versus Otamendi. I want Aubameyang isolating Otamendi in a 1v1. And, and if he does, I think Arsenal could be in business, particularly on the break. So the how I'm envisaging it is that City probably monopolised the ball, um, when Arsenal do win the ball back in deep areas they're going to be honest then I think we need to go long and direct clip balls over the top for Aubameyang and I think he can he's certainly got the ability to hurt City Clarkey with your trench coat back on as you give your players their final few moments and their pearls of wisdom in the tunnel what is your five second Wembley team talk? Well it's based pretty much on what I've just said concentrate be aggressive in everything that you do. Do not lose the ball inside your own half. And when it's on, let's get Aubameyang 1v1 with Otamendi. Now go out there and win the cup, boys. Come on. <laughs> Loving your work, Adrian Clark. That is the look ahead to the big one, the Carabao Cup final this Sunday against Manchester City. Now on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast, it's this. Reign of Arsenal.
Well, the Arsenal Weekly podcast editor, Liam Roberts, joins us in the studio as ever keeping a dutiful eye over proceedings. How's your uh, dodgy back? It's affecting your baseball, I hear. Yeah, I've got the Adrian Clark bad back syndrome. So, uh, oh. Clarky, I know what you feel like now. I'm in agony. Yeah, I, I'm feeling your pain, believe me. <laughs> Um, so this I just week, have a cough. I, yeah, you've I don't got bring a cough, the bad yeah. back to the table. I'm you never hear that on the podcast because we always have to cut it. <laughs> oh, you but... hear the old one where you can hear me fighting it almost. Yeah, but... Russell Hargreaves' <laughs> coughing uh, spits are, are brilliant. Um, so Brain of Arsenal this week, this is going to be our last one for a couple of weeks now. Next week we're going to have uh, a cup final special. So you can both have a week off of revising. So uh, yeah, both of you, both of you need the win this week. I generally need to win every week, to be honest with you, as I cling on to Clarky's coattails. Um, I think I'll get my week one Lucas Podolski out the way first, if that's OK. Yeah, I kind of want to see a week three happen. It hasn't happened for a while. Yeah, so, um, I'm not hopeful. So... I've had a busy week. I'm yes. not quite across the Polish so, German as I would like. Four questions on Lucas Podolski starting now. Um, Lucas was in the news at the end of last year for opening a chain of what type of shop in Cologne? Oh, thousands and thousands of people came out to uh, to go to these stores, oh, shops. Oh, this rings a vague bell. This is a good left field opener. Wasn't it fast food joints? Was it? It was, but and it needs to be a bit more. Specific. Oh, come on, week one needs needs specific. Oh, I can even go. I can go half a point for that. Okay, right? and, yeah. and I'm precedented half a point. Yeah. Ah, it's either. Burgers? It's a kebab shop. Oh! But oh. it was a good effort, so yeah, half point. So the first okay. ever half point awarded. <laughs> controversial, boys, controversial. Question two. Lucas scored the fastest goal in German national team history. How many seconds passed when he scored? Was it 11? It was nine. I was going to say nine, then I changed my mind. <laughs> oh! Question three. Which number did he wear for us? Nine. Indeed. And question four, how many senior teams has Lucas played for? Now, do we, do we count Cole, Cologne just once, even though he was uh, there twice? Yes. Okay, fine. So Cologne, Bayern Munich, Arsenal, Internazionale, Galatasaray, Kobe, so six. Correct. Brilliant. Two and a half points. Solid. Yeah, okay, I'll take that. Okay, so Clarky, to make it to week three for the first Ooh, time in I can't remember how many weeks, <laughs> you are answering questions it. on the double win in 1971 season. Yeah, let's go for it. Questions start now. Can you name our four opponents in the Intercities Fairs Cup that season? Oh, yeah, uh, I can. Yes. Yeah. Graf for sure. Uh, Beveren. Um, oh, Sturmgratz, Beveren. <sighs> Cologne. Yep. We lost two. And oh, Lazio. Lazio. Correct. I knew you were going to do that. You always give me a bit of hope, <laughs> Clarky, where I think you're struggling. <laughs> so I, was to look, I was trying to look at the questions. We had Cologne in there because uh, like of Lucas. Question number two. How many games did we play in the FA Cup that season? Oh, goodness. Um, probably had a few replays, didn't we? Um, God. So we got three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So it could be six. I think there was a couple of replays. I'm going to say eight. It was nine. <sighs> okay. There was a replay in the semi-final. <sighs> Question three. The Arsenal squad was made up of nine Englishmen, five Scots, two Northern Irish, and one Welsh player. Can you name the sole Welshman? <laughs> <laughs> 
I can because I, I, I sort of I sort of memorised this earlier, and I just had a feeling you might you might go go down the squad list. I don't I don't even know if he played. It's a guy called John Roberts. I don't know. I don't know if he played. Is that is that a rep? That's is that correct? correct? Yeah, indeed. <laughs> nice. Two. So this for the win. There's no way of getting half points here, so it's all okay. or nothing. <laughs> this is okay, all or right. nothing on this question. Question right. four. How many league goals did leading scorer Ray Kennedy score that season? Oh, I know it. I know it. Get in. It, it is. Oh, I hope I'm not wrong now. Um, it is 19. It's 19, isn't it? Correct. Oh. Yes. 26 in all competitions, 19 Fair in the league. Play. Fair play. So into a week uh, three. With a fortnight's break. (laughs) So (laughs) there is lots of revision now. So uh, congratulations, Clarky. Can't argue with that. I'm going to change from players. I think players is actually tactically not great. I'm going to move away from my flat track bully tag. (laughs) And I am going to say, you know what? There's been so much talk about that FA Cup final in so many of my players in recent weeks. I'm going to say Arsenal's very popular and much needed 2014 FA Cup uh, success run. That whole well, FA whole Cup, that whole final, that so whole run. You'll do the run, okay. All the way through. All the way through. So does it include so, the final or not then? Um, it will, yeah. Okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> might fine. be able to recycle some questions. Perfect. I'll dig out the old episode and have a listen. Uh, thank you very much, Liam Clarkey. Farewell with your various ventures. Uh, when can we see or hear you again? Thank you very much. Yes, um, I'll be in the commentary box for the uh, Ostersons game. Really looking forward to that. And I'll be in the Match Day Show studio for the cup final. Top stuff, mate. See you soon. See you, guys. Well, the final word this week belongs to one of the world's biggest music stars, Rihanna, who paid a visit to Emirates Stadium recently to take in a Match Day. This week, we're kicking the show back off in the presence of pop royalty as we welcome the one and only Rihanna to Emirates Stadium for a special visit. Uh, Lauren's a really good singer, he knows all his songs. Oh, wow! Hello. Nice to meet you. Awesome. Hi. Pleasure to meet you as well. Hello. Hello. Nice Great to meet you here. by the way. Hello. How are you? How are you? Good? Today was excellent. Enjoyed the game? Oh my god. Amazing game. What was not to enjoy? Amazing game. I was so thrilled. From beginning to end, it was fantastic. Thank you so much. So you're a gooner, that one? Huh? You're a gooner. <laughs> That's what you call it? Yeah, yeah. Gooner. All right, I'm a gooner. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you very thank much. You thank so you guys so much. Thank you. Well, that's full-time on this week's show. Our thanks to Matt Macy, Nick Ames, and, of course, to Adrian Clark for their contributions today. We'd like to know how we're doing in the podcast, so please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. You can subscribe as well and also find us on Acast. Remember, too, to get your questions into Clarkie at the chalkboard using Twitter and the hashtag ArsenalWeekly. We're back first thing on Monday, the 25th of February, with a cup final special, looking back to all the reaction from Wembley in the Carabao Cup. Don't forget that Arsenal Weekly Podcast Stories is also currently available to get the full story of Amy Lawrence his brilliant 89 film. We'll hear from Amy and executive producer Lee Dixon, as well as from a host of players, celebrities and coaches all connected to that famous night.
the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.